Welcome to the sermon ministry of River Community Church, a congregation of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church located in Prairieville, Louisiana. Our purpose is to help people live in and live out the good news of Jesus Christ. We welcome you to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and to learn more about us at rivercommunity.org. And our last reading tonight from the book of Revelation, the last chapter, verses 12 to 21. This is the word of God. Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you that we are here for this night. I pray that you would help us to understand the gift of Christmas. Father, that we would cherish it, that we would live by it, and that we would look ahead to all that you have promised. Give us ears to hear. Give me words to speak that are your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So who's looking forward to a Merry Christmas? That everybody, this is a participation point. You've been listening and singing. Everybody looking forward to a Merry Christmas? Very good. Good. I, I hope that you have one. But I do want to ask before we get our, too ahead of ourselves, what do we mean? When we say the words, have a merry Christmas. The word merry means basically to have a delightful, happy time. And we think of a merry Christmas having that time with family and friends. That's our aim. When we say merry Christmas, one happy day. And as we pursue that one happy day, many of us go through exhaustion and anxiety and debt and even depression trying to accomplish it. Have any of you felt any of that coming up to Christmas? Yeah. 
And when it's all said and done, very often our Merry Christmas has disappointment in it. Something didn't quite come together. Now, some here aren't looking forward to Merry Christmas. They are in a situation where life is painful, where life is not turning out as they desire. It's coming up short. And all Christmas seems to do for you is put a lamp on that. Merry or not, whichever describes you, tonight... I want to encourage you with news that is easily missed this time of year. And that's this. Christ didn't come to give you a Merry Christmas. He came to give you something far better. I want you to long for the better Christmas tonight. You see, the problem with our Merry Christmas is that too often we seek to find all our happiness in the now. And often we seek to find all our happiness within our own means. We buy it. We cook it. We make the space for it. We are responsible for making our day merry. And so as it makes us focus on the present, as it makes the happiness of the now so paramount, let us remember that Christmas actually declares the best is not now. It's yet to come. As we've been looking at our Advent series this last month, we've realized that Christmas is really pointing us to two Advents. The first advent is the advent that we're all familiar with. It's the prophecy of the coming of Christ as a baby being laid in a manger. But that's only the first advent. The scriptures also tell us of a second advent, the advent of Christ's return. We live between these two advents, the coming of Christ and the return of Christ. We live in what we would call the already and the not yet We already know the Christ has come. We already know the gospel. And yet we are waiting for the finishing of the kingdom, for the coming of the new heavens and the new earth. You see, Christmas isn't just past. It's not just looking back at a story. It's also a promise of a future. And the fact of the past is the guarantee of the promise. The two are inseparable. As we have gone through Revelation chapters 20 to 22, we have seen that Christmas proclaims that the one who crushes the snake, Satan, has come. That the one who makes all things new has come. That the one who brings a better Eden has come. That the one who gives everlasting life has come. He has already come. And yet, these things we look forward to remain in the not yet. And so as we live between these two advents, Christmas is here to stir our longing for Christ's return. The word for this is Maranatha. 
It's an Aramaic word. It is in the book, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. And it seems to be behind the uh, verse, Revelation 22, 20, Lord, uh, come Lord Jesus. But I want us to say this together. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Say that with me. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. So what's better than a Merry Christmas? A Maranatha Christmas. One that lives in and looks forward to the coming of our Lord in his fullness. So as we come into Christmas this year, I put this question in front of you. How do we have a Maranatha Christmas? The final verses of the Bible, these last few verses of Revelation, give us three answers that I call us to heed. How do we have a Maranatha Christmas? First, by believing in him. Second, by sharing our joy in him. And finally, by yearning for his return. Let us look at each of these briefly. The first way that we have a Maranatha Christmas is by believing in him. Revelation lays out for us that this one is coming again. And if we are going to believe in this one who is coming again, who has come in a manger, we need to know two truths to believe in him properly. First, who is Jesus? And second, what did he do? As we go through the readings that we have had tonight, we see that Jesus is first introduced as the word who was with God. He was the one who made all things. He is the creator. He is one with God. He is God. And then as we looked at Isaiah, we are told that, that this one who is coming is Emmanuel, God with us. And then we come to Revelation, and we see that this one who is the Word, who then became flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, is called here the Alpha and the Omega, meaning that he is Lord of all history, all authority, all things are in his hand, and all things are for his purpose, and all things are for his glory. Jesus is God come in the flesh. That is what we marvel at at Christmas. He is Emmanuel. But what did Jesus do? Well, that's where we learn the next most important part of, of, of these truths, that Jesus, in Matthew one twenty one is named Jesus because that name means he will take away the sins of his people. Jesus is the one who is the Savior, who takes away our sins. As Revelation tells us, he washes us. Jesus came because we in the garden fell into sin. And sin is likened to becoming dirty, to becoming morally filthy. And so Jesus came to take away our sins. And, and how does he do that? Why is this metaphor of wash being used. It's because the way that Jesus took away our sins was to clean us by wiping the sins off of us and having those sins placed upon him. It's a perhaps a crude picture, but Jesus takes away our sins like a mop. 
takes away dirt on the floor. The floor becomes clean because the dirt is stuck to the mop and taken away. That is what Jesus did. He was born in a manger. The moment he was born into a manger, he was covered in dirt, covered in food matter and speckles. But that's not the the dirt that we're most worried about. That's just the beginning of his humiliation. Jesus ultimately becomes the bearer of all of the dirt of our sin, all of our uncleanness. That is put upon him on the cross. That is why we call him the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So we see that Jesus is God in the flesh and that Jesus came to wipe away and take away our sins. Why do we need to believe in him? Because this is the only person where salvation can be found. There is salvation in no other name. If the Alpha and the Omega came to bear our sins, then there is no other Savior who can give us any hope. And so we are called to believe. Look at verse 14 of of Revelation with us again. Verse 14 says, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. What does it mean to believe? Believe means simply to repent to recognize I have made myself filthy with sin. I have an impure heart. I have done wrong. I have worked darkness. I have desired what is not good and acted upon it. I don't want that anymore. I want to be washed. And so to say I want to be washed is to come to Jesus and allow what he came to do, which was to take away our sins by paying for them on the cross, to count for you. And so those who receive the gift of Jesus' death in their place are told that they have the right to the tree of life, that is, eternal life, and they have a right to enter the city by the gates, that is, they have uh, access and 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 permission to be in paradise, to be in heaven. A right means it is secure, it cannot be taken away. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It is offered without payment, meaning that you can receive Jesus Christ as Savior freely by believing in him. So a Maranatha Christmas believes in him. A Maranatha Christmas also shares our joy in him. Christmas is fun. Why? Because Christmas is good news. Christmas is about a baby being born. It's the celebration that the Savior was born this day. God's joy breaks open the heavens. He fills the sky with angels who say, My boy, I have a boy, and he's been born in Bethlehem. Go and see my boy. The angels sing, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. That joy is to be in us too. That joy must live in us. That's what verse 17 of Revelation 22 is telling us. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. 
Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. To have the Maranatha spirit is to to have the joy of the good news in you. And that good news so vibrates in you that you share it. Like the heavens break open for God, your heart breaks open. Joyous news. We are celebrating that the king has come. We should look like the shepherds who said, what are we going to do? We're going to go to Bethlehem. We're going to see this great news. And then we're going to go all through the town glorifying God and telling others what has happened. Let me ask you a pointed question. Is your Christmas rejoicing in Jesus? Is your Christmas rejoicing in Jesus? Or is it rejoicing in the gifts you could afford? Is it rejoicing in the ham that you're going to prepare? Is it rejoicing in the various traditions? Not any of these are bad. But a Maranatha Christmas means that first and foremost we celebrate Jesus It's not against all of these wonderful things that we do for Christmas, all these things that are fun, but when we have a Maranatha Christmas, it means that all of those are put under and after our celebration of Jesus. It is all of these things that flow out of our love for Jesus. So how how do we share our joy in him? I would say simply this. Remember that Christmas is first of all a birthday. Have you ever been to a birthday where you don't talk about the person who's celebrating the birthday? Where you avoid that topic altogether? No. Make Christmas Jesus' birthday. Have a cake. Sing happy birthday. Sing carols. Let the day be shaped by the fact it's the day our Savior was born. And third, we have a Maranatha Christmas by yearning for his return. Have you ever gotten the question or asked the question, did you get all you wanted for Christmas? I know people, I remember when I was a kid, my mom or my dad would would ask after all the presents were open, did you get all you wanted for Christmas? How do you answer? I'm going to tell you a tragic truth. Christmas is lost on the contented. It is lost on the self-sufficient. It is lost on those who are trying to be. And I have a warning If your Christmas has no yearning for Christ in it, you are worldly. And you may very well be lost. It 
reminds me of the story of the Magi who come because they are following this star. They know that the Messiah is coming. They know it's going to be where the star is, and they are trying to find him. And so they go to the people who should know where the Messiah is. They go to the teachers of the law and the scribes in Jerusalem, and the scribes in Jerusalem open up their Torah, and they say, here's where the Messiah is going to be born. It's Bethlehem. So if you're looking for him, go to Bethlehem. And the Magi go, they come, and they see the beautiful baby Jesus, and they worship him. But the scribes don't go. The scribes who had the knowledge, who have been trained up in the hope of the coming Messiah, only tell people, well, if you want to see him, he's probably over there. Why didn't the scribes go? Why is it only the Magi? They knew but they never came. I'll tell you why. They didn't need a Messiah. They were fat and happy in Jerusalem. What do they need with a baby in Bethlehem? You see, the good news is that Christ came for the thirsty, for the needy, for the broken, for the sinner. He offers comfort to all facing an unmerry Christmas. How? By announcing in this chapter, he is coming back to make all things new. And at that time, these words will be fulfilled. Revelation 21.4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That is given to those who yearn for Christ's coming. At Christmas. Beloved, hope in him and yearn for his return. Beloved, the one who was born in a manger is coming again. Let us celebrate his coming by believing in him, by sharing our joy in him, and by yearning for his return. I wish you all a Maranatha Christmas, a Christmas that promises an eternity that is merry and bright. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Say it with me. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Save us from a worldly Christmas. Save us from being lost in the pursuit of the perfect meal, the perfect gift, the perfect experience. Father, keep us from being so content and self-sufficient that we are like the scribes watching you come into the world and not coming to you. Father, for those who are here this evening who have heard the good news but have not come, I pray by your Holy Spirit 
draw them to you. And Father, we pray, grow in us a yearning for the coming of your Son, Jesus, where all the days will be merry and bright and impossible to number. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon from River Community Church. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church located in Prairieville, Louisiana, whose purpose is to help people live in and live out the good news of Jesus Christ. We welcome you to worship with us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and to learn more about us at rivercommunity.org.